That sound means it's time for History Matters. We are joined in the studio by the one, the only historian extraordinaire, Scott Washington, to uh, take us back to this week in history. Good morning. Well, good morning, Aaron. It's a delight to be here. It's uh, short sleeve weather. It uh, is. You're wearing short sleeves today. I am in December. I have to do it. The sun's actually peeking out a little bit through the clouds, I see. If it snows, I know that there's a Santa outfit that makes an appearance. (laughs) (laughs) You just have to trudge through the snow in your short sleeve shirt to find it. (laughs) Until then. Yeah. Um, Well, this is a great week. Uh, There are a couple of things. Birthdays. uh, Walt Disney has a birthday yes. uh, on December 5th, uh, 1901, and what would we be without his vision? Uh, it's the one time when I always try to do some kind of a mustache. Little, like, yeah, exactly. Pencil, <laughs> pencil mustache like <laughs> yes, Walt Disney. Something Amazing. He was only like in his mid-20s when Steamboat Willie That's came right. out. Like he was very young. Well, uh, he couldn't get a job. He really wanted to be a political cartoonist. Couldn't get a job went into animation, and the rest is history. But I love one of his quotes. It's always fun. Uh, it's kind of fun to do the impossible. Yeah. And this is what WCHL does all the time. So I <laughs> always like to celebrate that and Walt Disney. Also, there's another birthday that comes up this week. Uh, a woman, Grace Hopper, uh, born on December 9th, 1906. And what's really interesting about uh, Grace Hopper is that uh, she wanted to join the Navy in World War II. She's turned down because she's a woman, so she joins the Navy Reserves. Uh, she has a knack for computers and is assigned to this unit. Uh, she begins to really look at the computing, and at this point it's very primitive. Um, and she begins to think, you know, instead of this all being in very scientific arithmetic language that a machine understands, why can't it be in plain English then is translated into machine language? So she proposes this, it's turned down, no, but she continues to persist. She's one of the first people who developed the COBOL uh, programming language and to develop uh, being able to speak in plain English or put in uh, complain, uh, plain English uh, commands into a computer that are then translated into computer language, which, of course, as we know, is when any time we turn to uh, a machine and say, Alexa, play WCHL, we can say thank you, Grace Hopper, because she's the person who said we should be able to interact with these machines mm. in language that we can understand and that the machine can translate. Just when you say, Alexa, play WCHL, don't immediately follow that up with thank you, Grace <laughs> Hopper, because that will just confuse <laughs> Alexa. That's right. Exactly. I'm <laughs> sorry. I don't understand that command. Yes. Or Siri or anything else you use. Um there is uh, one interesting thing that really did happen. I thought it was an apocryphal story. Um, and when she was at Harvard University uh, working on this mainframe in 1947, there was a um, uh, something stuck in the machine. It wasn't malfunctioning. They took it apart. There was a moth stuck in there. They literally took it out, put in the logbook. And while... We've heard about debugging. This is truly a case where there's truly a bug in the machine. A bug in the machine. And she, this is where it's credited where that story comes from, interesting. which is really interesting. Now, the now we just big, need to figure out where the ghost in the machine came yes, from. Well, and we'll have it all bit, covered. Crazy yeah. Kidder would have to go yes, yeah. a little bit further on that one. Um, though there are times when you go, what is this computer doing? <laughs> <laughs> That's most of the time for me. <laughs> That's right. Well, this is also the 81st anniversary of the attack on Pearl Harbor. 
1941, mm -hmm. December 7th. And um, it's just one of those days that will live in infamy as uh, President Roosevelt described the next day mm -hmm. that propelled the United States into World War II. And this today is the anniversary of that speech. That's which right. Is the next day. Yeah, yep. exactly. Yeah, yep. which is really important to just remember uh, that things don't just happen sometime in the past. They have implications. And just to, to be aware that, interestingly enough, this leads to the other thing that happens this week, um, which is what happened just prior to uh, Pearl Harbor. Right after Thanksgiving, uh, U.S. Congress uh, realized it's the 150th anniversary of the Bill of Rights uh, being ratified and becoming part of the Constitution in 1791. So in 1941, they sent a resolution to the president, and they say, could you please do something about this? And he says, of course, I'm glad to do it, and declares December 15th. Wait, was that just like Congress in general or Roosevelt? Or? <laughs> it was, it was, it was uh, Congress in general okay. that said this. They sent the resolution, and my uh, horrible attempt at <laughs> <laughs> imitating President Roosevelt, um, uh, he does approve, and he says yes, and declares December 15th will be Bill of Rights Day. With uh, They start planning for ceremonies, and then, of course, December 7th comes along. Mm. Now suddenly, it actually, there are ad additional observances but uh, on December 15th, but they're muted. But suddenly, it becomes much more important. In fact, later on, uh, President Roosevelt will give a speech in uh, uh, talking about the four freedoms mm -hmm. that all the allies realize they're in favor of. Freedom of religion, freedom of speech, freedom from fear, freedom from want. And this becomes defining uh, going into after the war, after President Roosevelt has died, United Nations is formed, and uh, Eleanor Roosevelt is appointed, the, the first lady and widow of President Roosevelt is appointed to a committee to look at the rights of, uh, uh, and said, we need to have something like a Declaration of Rights. And uh, so on December 10th, 1948, a Declaration of Rights is, is approved by the United Nations. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this is really a part and parcel of while you know, this area, Orange County, the birthplace of the Bill of Rights, as I call it, uh, is because of what happens here, um, certainly going back to 1771 when six men are executed in Hillsborough on charges of high treason. There's no Bill of Rights, no legal, uh, uh, no legal guarantees to protect them. And uh, 17 years later, when a constitutional convention meets in Hillsborough, the North Carolina's constitutional convention, to consider ratifying the U.S. Constitution they don't do it, even though the vast majority of states have already done so. North Carolina holds out because they say there should be a Declaration of Rights or a Bill of Rights presented to Congress in the ratifying states. That's the price of admission. Um, and so when the new U.S. Congress meets uh, in 1789, uh, 17, then that's one of the first orders of business. And yep. they take it up. Um, and amendments are passed, sent out to the states. Only then does North Carolina meet for the second time. Only state to do this ratifies the Constitution, the amendments, and two years later, on December 15, 1791, when Virginia becomes the, uh, the, the state that uh, tips the balance in favor of these 10 amendments becoming the part of the Constitution, um, that becomes a pivotal moment in U.S. history. Speaking with uh, Scott Washington, History Matters. And we've got time for one more, but do you want to focus on yes. what's happening next week? Well, or? I do. Well, thank you, Aaron. Yeah. Yes, well, you know, when I came to uh, Hillsboro uh, as the, uh, I'm the former assistant director of the Orange County Historical Museum, 
And while I was there and realized the significance of what had happened, I said, we've got to do something. So in 2012, I organized um, a Bill of Rights Day bell ringing uh, event because I said, well, why aren't we celebrating this last great American holiday? <laughs> because every U.S. president since FDR has declared um, the December 10th to 15th either Bill of Rights Week or Human Rights Week. Um, and we've celebrated of all of all Republican and Democrats. So it's very interesting. And since Gerald Ford, every year uh, there has been some significance. So I said, well, we've got to do something, but what? Well, schools are out, and in the East Coast, the weather is inclement. What could you do? I determined, well, one thing we can do, and nobody has time for speeches, <laughs> um, and but we could ring bells. So what we have done every year since 2012, this will be that decade of doing this is we get out there and at the stroke of noon we'll be on the courthouse ringing bells for as many seconds as the bill of rights has been in force in this case it's going to be 231 seconds uh that's, that's the for, number of years since the anniversary that's right yep. so it'll be uh three minutes and 51 seconds and i've also invited our historic churches of different denominations to join in ringing the bells from their historic belfries dating back to the 19th and one case maybe the 18th century. And um, in which case, uh, it's kind of fun to hear all those uh, historic bells. And anybody can bring bells, keys, anything you want. Uh, within uh, a few minutes, it's over. Though sometimes people are like, can we kind of keep ringing? It's kind of <laughs> fun. I said, well, that covers all the other amendments that we like, 13th, 14th, 15th, 19th, uh, the 27th. So, you know, these are all good things. Uh, but we'll be doing that next week and anywhere where you're at um, next uh, Thursday, December 15th at noontime. Maybe you want to jingle some bells, car keys yourself. Just remember the Bill of Rights that protect us and are so precious as we know and we look at the, the greater world uh, that we're in, why these are important even today. And that's how history matters. Scott Washington, thank you so much. Thank you, Aaron.